listening to Johanna by having an eight-year-old make our picks for us. We went 2-0 and because that Lions pick by Joe, of course, was against the spread. So we went 2-0. and We are on top of the ESPN Radio NFL Pick'em Challenge. All thanks to Johanna Steele. Amber Wilson in tonight. James Steele is out. Tara is filling in for James. Also, Ian Fitzsimmons is out tonight. Aaron Goldhammer in filling in for Ian. Thanks, Aaron. I know it was a last-minute call. Thank you. Appreciate you. Uh, well, listen, I'm always just sitting around the house, available in case you guys call and need somebody to come and talk sports with you for a couple hours. That's how uh, I like very it. Very impressive, Amber, but not surprising. Isn't it always the case that the person that wins the NCAA tournament pool is the person who knows the least about sports and the person who's the best at picking the games is the person who actually knows the least about sports. All of our knowledge and input and film study and breakdown, it all goes for naught, and an eight-year-old is on top of the ESPN Radio pick standings. Joe Fortenbaugh is down at the bottom. His job (laughs) is to pick games for ESPN for a living. Okay, and he is at the the bottom of the standings and an eight year old is in first place. Welcome to the National Football League. Now, of course, Carlin and Joe are tied with Greeny because Greeny is perpetually always no matter what we're picking. Greeny is always at the bottom of the standings. It never fails. It's remarkable. Aaron, you don't even know this before our regular season pick them challenge, which we had separate standings for. We tried at the end because we were towards the bottom. We tried to throw the whole thing to come in dead last because the loser got a trophy as well as the winner and oh. we couldn't get it done we tried we tried to pick against greeny to lose out and greeny's so good at losing that we couldn't even lose on purpose enough greeny of course still lost the regular season pick him challenge he is losing this one as well so far in the postseason but he's got competition carlin versus joe also coming in oh and two right now freddie and harry unsportsmanlike game night they all split this thing one and one we amber and ian Two and O oh, because Johanna Steele, she just went with her heart. Carrying us as I don't our even MVP. know if she knew as our MVP. I don't know if she Most even knows who the Detroit picker. Lions are. Yes, but that's it. That's not Doesn't what matter. matters here, Amber. And listen, typical Greeny, always in last place in the regular season, just like his Jets, and no idea what the playoffs even are, just like his Jets. So that fits exactly perfectly on brand for Greeny that he is in uh, last place tied with Carlin and Joe uh, at the bottom of our pick standings for the playoffs as we head into, of course, the Super Bowl 13 days from today. We found a better Joe. That was a joke that Rachel Robinson just wrote in the chat. I appreciated that she fed me that joke. We yeah, found a better Joe ESPN here bet than Joe Fortenbaugh. Would be okay with us hiring an eight-year-old to make picks <laughs> for the new app? I don't know that that's totally that that fits. You know, the twenty-one and over and all that. But you know, we could petition and we could see what uh, maybe we, we could make happen, or maybe Joe Fortenbaugh just needs to have the right person on speed dial. <laughs> let's let's put these kids to work. Those games, the result of those games, I would imagine very few people got it right. ESPN Radio is presented by. Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach. With our easy-to-use mobile app, learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. In part... Because a lot of people counted out the Kansas City Chiefs all season long. And everybody was so sure that the Baltimore Ravens were so much better. And frankly, I still think the Baltimore Ravens were the better team. However, we saw the experienced team win that game. And now Kansas City, 
the fourth Super Bowl appearance in the last five seasons. They joined the Patriots and the Bills as the only team to play in four Super Bowls in five years. The Kansas City Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl once again. Wow, great. Um, so uh, can't you just sense my enthusiasm through the radio dial and through Alexa? Um, you know, it's funny, Amber. I think that very often we assume that the team with the bigger, stronger, faster guys in football always wins. But I think yesterday we were reminded that the game also takes a certain sense of savvy and intelligence and thinking on your feet. And I thought in both cases, the smarter team, not necessarily the more talented team, but definitely the most most poised team in both of these games went ahead and won. And look, if you're Detroit, I understand being crushed today. That's one of the most brutal sports losses, if not the worst, in the history of that sports city. And it's on a very short list in NFL history, blowing a 17-point lead, never been to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. I actually think the Ravens fan, though, has got to feel more angry than the Lions fan does. At least the Lions came out and played well for a half. Baltimore was a historically good team all year, Amber, that played such a dumb... um, completely unhinged four personal foul penalties no poise whatsoever i just thought baltimore played like their d minus game in the most important game of the season and i think the blame for that has to go yes on the coaching staff but also it's hard to take lamar jackson seriously as a playoff quarterback especially when you compare him to the guy who's standing on the other side who's maybe the best playoff quarterback we've ever seen well If we're comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, it's not a fair comparison because we shouldn't have been counting out Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid anyways, just based on their experience and based on what they do each and every season. But taking Lamar Jackson in a vacuum, we should have those expectations for him. And we certainly seem to have them for Josh Allen. We crush Josh Allen that he can't get past Patrick Mahomes. We've got to have that same energy today, I think, for Lamar Jackson, who's going to be a two-time MVP, who's going to be the MVP from this season. But all that matters at the end of the day is, are you the MVP in the postseason? And that answer very squarely is no. Well, I, I think, you know, there's been some panic with him. This is now four bad playoff losses, if you go back to the beginning. And I'm not going to crush him for the games when he was a rookie, but... Only scoring three points, only scoring 10 points in a playoff game. Look, Amber, if Baltimore had lost this game in a shootout, I don't know that any of us would have been all that surprised, 38-35, and we could have talked about the greatness of Mahomes, and yeah, Lamar was awesome, but just came up a little bit short. That was a total egg laid on the offensive side of the ball from a team that looked like they were completely out of character to score 10. I mean, look, I I don't love talking about players' legacies, especially when they're 26 or 28 years old and they have their whole career basically in front of them. I think what happened yesterday is something that Lamar is going to carry on his resume, though, for a very, very long time. And it is going to take getting all the way to the Super Bowl and winning it to erase that performance from people's memories. Evan Cohen, he co-hosts a show called In Sportsman Like Here on ESPN Radio. He discussed how Patrick Mahomes' career compares to Peyton Manning's career because we are already here. I think he's already had a better career than Peyton Manning. I, I think he has. I think when you look at what he's done, he has individual success that is not as great as necessarily Peyton Manning, but his team success is so much. He has the same amount of playoff wins as Peyton Manning has. If he if he walks away, if he wins the Super Bowl and he walks away, his career, he's not going to do that, is better than those that we have considered in that GOAT conversation at different times. Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, etc. He's better. 
If you don't know Evan, he's the biggest Brady honk there is, Amber. And look, I understand <laughs> Tom Brady is the most beautiful, lovely, wonderful human being who ever walked on the face of the earth. But Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls with two different teams and went to three with different teams. So I think that is a different kind of accomplishment than what Mahomes has done, where he keeps running it back with Andy Reid as his coach. You know, the the coaches that Peyton Manning dragged, like Jim Caldwell, to the Super Bowl with him and Gary Kubiak a couple of times. And also, you know, he went to four. He won two with the two different teams. I think Manning, on the whole, still has a more impressive resume. Mahomes is going to get there, but just declaring that he is one of the top two or three quarterbacks of all time is a total prisoner of the moment take. Patrick Mahomes will be 28 years and 147 days old uh, when he makes this appearance in Super Bowl 57. That makes him 58. What What is this? 58. That makes him the youngest quarterback in NFL history at the time of his fourth Super Bowl start. He'll be the first quarterback to start four Super Bowls before turning 30 years old. Patrick Mahomes, what he has done so far on the younger side of 30 is truly, truly remarkable. But he's got a whole career to go, I think, before we start comparing it to dudes who are also done with their careers. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. Dan Campbell was... True to his aggressive nature in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. Was it the reason, though, that the Lions lost? We'll get into what happened to the Lions. ESPN Radio is also available to you on the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That was courtesy of KNBR, and that is what it sounded like when the 49ers made a historic comeback in the NFC Championship game. This one felt very different. Aaron, Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight. This one felt very different than the AFC Championship, where the Chiefs felt very much in control nearly the entire game through in the AFC. In the NFC, man, Detroit had this thing in the bag, right? Like, you oh. believed it. They were whooping oh. that. And then, and then the collapse happened. And I know everyone today, everyone today, across all media outlets, every show I turned on, every podcast, at the TV, the radio, it didn't matter. Everywhere, everyone, all of a sudden, came together in one moment in this world, Aaron, that we live in, where it's politically polarizing, where everyone has a platform for an opinion, so everybody has a different opinion about everything on planet Earth, where we don't agree on a single thing. Today, there was unison, because everybody, everybody today decided 
field goal. Everyone was going to come together for a field goal and agree on one Dan Campbell decision today, apparently, to rip that Lions team to shit. You know, he did, Amber, he did such a great job the whole year. He changed the culture in Detroit and all of that. He needs somebody to help him with this game management stuff, though. It's ridiculous. You know, two-point conversions from the 12. This should have been a clue that the Lions were just unhinged in some of the decisions that they were making. I understand being aggressive, but there's a fine line between being aggressive and just being crazy. I did see one thing. Now that we all know, you know, the situations, the first drive of the second half, and obviously with about seven minutes to go, the Lions deciding to go for it in field goal range instead of kicking field goals that really would have put them in a better position to either tie or win this game in the end. Did you know that Badgley, this kicker for the Lions, made one kick all year longer than 40 yards? One all year longer than 40 yards. So I wonder, you know, it'd be interesting to put some truth serum in Dan Campbell and ask him, you know, if you had Butker or Justin Tucker or Adam Vinatieri, you know, would you have been kicking field goals and the outcome of this game might have been different? So did we did we not see him kick anything over 40 yards but one time because Dan Campbell doesn't trust him? Or is it that's just how Dan Campbell plays football? <laughs> so he didn't actually have to because they were going for it in all of those scenarios. And, and, and I don't I know, know the answer to that. The first three letters of this kicker's last name are B-A-D. And that's probably uh-huh. not a good sign <laughs> for a guy you want to put your Super Bowl fate in badly. He put the bad in badly. Also, the Niners don't have a kicker they could trust. I mean, as you look ahead to the next game. One of the things you got to think about is, you know, Kansas City probably feels comfortable kicking a 50-yard field goal to try to win it. Butker won the game last year with a kick in the Super Bowl. So he's done it a million times. He's this generation's Adam Vinatieri, whereas Jake Moody, you know, has has missed some big ones, including one yesterday. So I think the trust and confidence in the kicker, I, I guess, Amber, and I'm curious if you agree with this, of all the things Dan Campbell did yesterday, calling that run with less than a minute to go and getting tackled short of the goal line, right. that's at the top of the list for the dumbest to me. I mean, Here, that, here's, that's... here's the thing about how Dan Campbell coaches, though. We knew this, right? I mean, you even said it, like the the way that he coaches was maybe going to catch up to them. It's part of the brilliance. It's part of the story. It's part of what made them so fun throughout the entire season. I think Mm -hmm. it's frankly part of why that culture changed, right? And we always love the risky coach until the risk doesn't work out. We love the aggressive coach until the aggression doesn't work out. I don't think Dan Campbell changed his stripes at all. I think we just changed our opinion when we finally saw them collapse when they were up 17 points. And then we see them collapse in that game, largely based on coaching. And yet at the same time, from a macro perspective, Aaron, I don't understand why we thought that Dan Campbell was going to be the best coach on this field in this championship game. Like he should mm-hmm. not have been right. It, it shouldn't be strange to say Kyle Shanahan out coached Dan Campbell. Like that shouldn't be controversial. It's not even a huge knock on Campbell. Sure. What it, we it, saw in both of these games yeah, yeah. is that experience matters. And Shanahan obviously has more playing at these levels and getting mm-hmm. into a Super Bowl. Dan Campbell has done a hell of a good job this season. I've had to admit that because I'm not one who's always so high on the lions because I do feel like, The Dan Campbell train became trendy and everybody started jumping on it and everybody gets so ahead of themselves with these things. We can't just let things be good in this business. You know, like just let Dan Campbell. He's a good coach. They've had a hell of a season. We have to try to crown everybody before they've actually earned it. Well, you know, we did it with Jalen Hurts last season. We do it with players. We do it with coaches. We did it with Dan Campbell this season. 
He's a great coach. Fine. He ain't Kyle Shanahan yet. Like, everybody calm down. Yeah, everybody, look, the, the on these shows, we all want to use hyperbole, to your point, and say, Dan Campbell has become one of the top three coaches. in NFL. But, Amber, you got to admit, turning the Detroit Lions into a winner is working a miracle, basically. It is. It's like magic, okay? So that's number one, and Dan Campbell deserves a lot of credit for that. But I thought in that Dallas regular season game, we saw some serious harbingers of things to come. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that's probably too fancy a word. Uh, the we saw was some very signs. fancy. I was we very saw... impressed by you for a moment in time. <laughs> I'm on with a lawyer tonight, so I feel like I better pick up my <laughs> you, vocabulary. You brushed out game. your thesaurus before the show tonight. That's, that's right. It, it was a sign of things to come. The Lions were reckless in that game, and they were reckless yesterday. The Lions didn't exactly lead the league in intelligence on the field in that Cowboy game, and they didn't exactly lead the league in poise and intelligence on the field yesterday. I think a lot of this, I hope for their sake that it is about growth and maturity, and they'll get another chance to be in a situation like this, and they'll be able to to capitalize, but you know, it's not always the team that has the most talent. A lot of times it is the team that has more poise and the team that just executes better and is smarter. Andy Reid doesn't hesitate to take field goals. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, when presented the opportunity, won because of a field goal that he took in a three-point game yesterday. So, you know, God bless being aggressive. But ultimately, there's definitely a time and a place where a field goal is plus three and not minus four despite what the culture around the game and these decisions wants to try to tell you. Well, it's not just the culture, though. It's the analytics. And what Dan Campbell did, I believe, is actually in line with the analytics, right? And I understand you've had a lot of armchair coaches today coming on here and saying you've got to know the feel for the game, that you've got to understand where your team is. You've got to see the the lack of offensive production in that moment and understand that you're not going to convert or whatever the heck, right? It feels like to me a lot of hindsight being 2020. The Lions went for it on fourth down 34% of the time during the regular season. That is the highest rate of any team this century, according to ESPN stats and info. This is who the Lions are. This is yeah. who the Lions, they are who we thought they were, right? And it is true with this Detroit team. But, but, but I, I was thinking today about, uh, did you ever see that piece? I think it was on E60 on ESPN on uh, or on SportsCenter about the coach, the high school coach that goes for every fourth down and every kick is an onside kick. Oh, you, I did hear have about you, have this. You heard this. And, you know, everybody wants to apply these theories in the NFL. And there's right. a reason why, you know, you do have to watch the game. You can't decide on Wednesday whether you're going to go for these fourth downs or not because you don't know what players are going to be hurt and healthy, the direction, the kind of game that you're in. All that stuff matters. A coach has to be an expert in knowing his team the best. So ultimately, Dan Campbell's going to get killed on these decisions because they didn't get the fourth downs, and then those result in turnovers. It's just like fumbling the ball and throwing an interception when you go for fourth down and you don't make it. But in his defense, Amber, if they'd have picked up one of the two fourth downs, Detroit probably wins the game, right? And, And then we'd be lauding him as the most brilliantly aggressive coach in NFL history. Exactly. Here's here's Dan Campbell. Let's hear from him real quick. The Lions head coach on his decisions there on fourth down. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and not letting them play long ball. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. And I wanted to get the upper hand back. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. I get that. 
but I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard because you know they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to to work out. But I just I don't, and I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. But this didn't work out. It didn't work out. Uh, that's a risk that you're going to take. You're going to get criticized more for taking the risk when it doesn't work than if you had just gone for the field goal. Frankly, if that hadn't worked, but. Yeah. Man, the way Dan Campbell coaches, I don't know, though, if you want to get too far away from how you normally coach, too far away from your game plan mm-hmm. in that situation. Coming up next here, we're not going to get far away from our game plan. Is Patrick Mahomes really going to pass Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback in NFL history? That is next here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. In fairness, I said I'm probably going Ravens here on that sound. Probably. I wasn't definitive. I left myself some wiggle room. Maybe I was going Kansas City Chiefs, in which case I'm a genius. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Aaron Goldhammer here filling in for Ian tonight. We are expecting to have Coach Herm Edwards, who always is kind enough to join us Monday at this time. And he is there, Aaron. He is in studio. I don't normally let people behind the scenes. I know our bosses are probably freaking out right now. He's there, though. He's in studio in Bristol, Connecticut. Here's the deal, Goldhammer. Yeah. He's on a different radio interview right now Wait, <laughs> on what? his phone. We're getting upstaged. Yeah. Do we know where do we know where he's on? Like what market is this? Rochester? <laughs> South what, Dakota what? is like upstaging us right now. I have no idea. No, right, right, exactly. Or if, if it's like, you know, uh one of the top markets, then like obviously, you know, I know where the well, national it, show is. If but, it's W F A N or something, I don't understand what's happening. Uh yeah, maybe that's <laughs> Maybe that's what he's doing. Uh, so we are hoping to have Coach on with us whenever he gets done with his other obligations. This man is the hardest working man in, in all. I mean, he is on all of our shows across our platform. He's all over Sports Center, all over all the TV shows on ESPN. His Mondays are so insane. So we certainly have to get his expertise. But the reason that Rachel just played that intro is because... Coach Herm Edwards chose the Kansas City Chiefs. And a lot of people, Goldhammer, me included, had yeah. sort of counted out the Chiefs in this game. Now, I wasn't emphatic about it because I, I said in the part that Rachel didn't play conveniently, I said that I'm not comfortable betting against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And it makes me uncomfortable because of the experience. But the Ravens but were the better team. But you went ahead and did it. Well, because <laughs> the Ravens were the better Joanna. team. Yeah, really no saving the bacon of our picks on this. You know, I, I I think that what we've learned, though, is that if the better team is not really playoff proven and tested and they don't have the right mental approach going into the game, that it's a dangerous situation. Mahomes is getting a lot of credit today, and rightfully so. Amber, he didn't make any mistakes. He didn't turn the ball over. He made the throw to Valdez Scanling at the end, which iced the game. So he definitely played a part in the victory. I'd argue, though, that Kansas City's defense is the most underrated unit in the entire because they have Mahomes on the other side of the ball. 
Amber, I think this is the best defense that Mahomes has ever played with, that he's ever taken to a Super Bowl. So for everybody that says, oh, this team doesn't have Tyreek Hill on it, these receivers are trash, and his offensive line is banged up. Now, one of the reasons why this team, and I could argue, you know, behind Mahomes, the second reason why this team is in the Super Bowl is because they have a really legitimate, bona fide defense that stepped up and made some really massive plays when Baltimore was on the verge of scoring touchdowns or kicking field goals that would have made this a much closer game than it ended up being in the end there's some insane stat and I don't I'm scrambling right now and Tara's filling in for James Steele tonight producing uh she is the queen of stats uh I don't know if Tara can find it I know there's some insane stat about when the last time Mahomes threw an interception in the postseason I mean he just cleans up his game so much in a postseason that that has everything to do with the success they don't make the mistakes, like you said, Goldhammer, because they are experienced, right? Here we go. 11 pass touchdowns without an interception in the last six playoff games. That is the Jeez. first quarterback in NFL history without an interception in six straight playoff games. It's unbelievable. And that's the bread and butter of it all. They don't make the mistakes because they know that that's the cornerstone of winning. They just meticulously yeah. Stick to their game plan. They do their thing. Travis Kelsey comes alive. You see the game plan. And like you said, this defense is the best defense that we've seen Patrick Mahomes have in the Mahomes era. Coach is ready. Coach Herm Edwards. Thanks, Coach. Are you done with your other radio interview? Oh, we're doing it. We're, we, we got all the coaches in America now making decisions. Why did Coach do that? Why did Coach do that? <laughs> oh, no. We're going to get to all of the armchair yeah. coaches in yeah, a second. They, yeah, Coach had nothing else to do. Yeah, he just kind of pulled it out of his head. Yeah, let's just go do that. I got you. All right, here we uh, go. But hold on. But I have to get to you for, sure. for a minute here because we were joking on the front end that you were on this other radio interview. And, and Aaron, Aaron Goldhammer filling in tonight for Ian. Aaron and I have to know what market were you just doing a radio interview in? Oh, uh, that was CBS. I want to say uh, it was in Chicago. I know I've done about 10 of them today all over the country. So I don't have <laughs> you no have you have been all over the airwaves. Yeah. You've done about every darn show here at ESPN radio as well. Not to mention Sports Center and everything else. What is the question that you haven't been asked about these conference championship games? What is the thing you haven't been able to talk about yet that you think is pertinent that we should all be able to discuss? That when you're in this situation where you're in the championship game. And I've been in some. When you lose that game, boy, you have these you have these mixed emotions. And the first one that runs through your body is, wow, I was one game away from winning going to play in a Super Bowl. And then the next question is, can we get back to the situation next year? And it's not a guarantee. It's not. It's very difficult. And, and, and Coach said it. Uh, you know, from Detroit, you know, Coach said it. He said, hey, I know how hard it is to get here. And he's right. They're hard. And people just think, look, six new teams are in the playoffs this year. Last year it was seven. These same teams won't be in the playoffs. There'll be some. We, we know that one guy. You know, yeah. that, that goes every year to the Super Bowl, it seems like that. Patrick Mahomes, he'll be in there we, unless he just stops playing or retires or something like that, but he's not going to do that. But you look at some of these teams and you say, well, they're going to get back. Okay. We'll be talking about this next year, and we'll say, hey, you know what? There's six new teams in the playoffs. What about those guys that got in last year? And that's the finality of it all. You have this little window of opportunity, 
And when you lose in this round, boy, it's tough. Damn. It's really tough. Coach Dan Campbell says he has no regrets. Do you believe him? I do. Because I think he, st- he stood true to his core. And I've said this many times. Um, when you make decisions as a coach, whether it was the decisions he made on fourth down or just during the course of a game, uh-huh. you have no control of what those players are going to do. And, and that's the hardest thing about coaching. You're trusting your players. And your players want you to trust them. And he made some decisions in this game, right, wrong, or indifferent. You can say, well, he shouldn't have done that. We got everybody's armchair quarterback. I get all that. That's, that's part of doing the job. You, you get everybody's going to question what you do. But at the end of the day, he put it on the players. Catch the ball, man. Execute. And you can say, well, you know, he shouldn't have done it then. We should have done this. Yeah, we could, you should have, would have. I, I get all that. But at the end, I've always said this. This is what's great about it. And I've been on both sides of it. When you're a player, it's on you. It's, it, it's really, it's kind of on you. Now, sometimes you can put a player in a bad position, right? But at the end, I played corner, okay, in the National Football League. I didn't really care what the call was. I said, I got to go cover my guy. Uh-huh. Half the time, I never went but to the huddle. I said, just call what you want. I got my guy, man. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Don't worry about me, coach. Call whatever you want. <laughs> I laugh sometimes. People say, well, what is it? No. Now, you got to make decisions in a game. And I think this is what it boils down to. When you make a decision, you got to ask yourself this question. When I make this decision, if it doesn't work, is the momentum of this game going to change? Uh-huh. And the decisions that coach made, when they didn't make those plays, it got them. Because the momentum of that game flipped on. The armchair coaches, they're always right. Uh, that's the thing about them. Always. Always right, coaching after the result. Though. Much easier to coach <laughs> when you're doing it after the result. Hey, coach, do you mind if you uh, give us a few minutes? Absolutely. If you hang around with oh, us yeah. here? I know this is normally your laundry time. Oh, you I go got back no to your hotel. No, no, no. And- laundry doesn't start. You're correct. It doesn't. I'm good. <laughs> We're okay. good with the laundry. I, I got okay. time. We're good. All right, cool. All right, we're going to have you hang around. Right. Uh, coming up next year on Amber and Ian with Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian tonight, we are going to have plenty more with Coach Herm Edwards right here on ESPN Radio. That was courtesy of 1065 The Wolf. The Kansas City Chiefs are headed to Super Bowl 58 to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Amber and Ian here on ESPN Radio. Aaron Goldhammer filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Coach Herm Edwards, kind enough to join us. He is in studio in our headquarters at Bristol, Connecticut. So, Coach, let's continue on with you. Thanks for your time here. Mm -hmm. And Let's talk about that dude that leads this Kansas City team. I mean, this man, he's 28 years old. He's done everything that you can do practically in football at this point. And we're seeing him do a lot more of it. What makes Patrick Mahomes different than everybody else in the league? Uh, He's a unicorn. He's actually a unicorn. Uh, uh, He's going to go down historically as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. And and, and just understand where I'm coming from. I've always – done this as a, as a former player and just understand, you know, I'm, I'm a little older than a lot of people that uh, that's obviously on this line with me. And I've seen players before historically it, 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 in different sports. And I never say I, I, I've always stayed away from this guy's going to be the greatest because I, 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 I don't like saying that. Among the greatest, I say that. 
and that's where he's headed. And he has the ability, if he can stay healthy, to shatter records. Obviously, he's chasing Joe Montana, and he's chasing Captain America. I shouldn't call him Joe Montana because it's, it, it's Joe Legend. That's what I used mm-hmm. to call him, Joe Legend, Montana. And he's chasing Captain America, Tom Brady. And, and that's, that's his mindset. And it's fun to watch him. It just really is. And um, the guy's never lost a playoff game. I mean, it just is kind of, really? Really? I mean, this is the NFL. Yeah, he ain't lost one. And, you know, his big deal this year, everybody said, well, yeah, he can't play on it. He never had been on the road. Well, okay, he won two on the road. It's a, check that box. Yeah. And so he checks boxes along the way. And we just got to live with it, you know. And it's, it, it's just fun to watch how he goes about his business. As good as he's been in the regular season, Coach, too, his playoff numbers and his ability, at least, you know, he turned the football over a few times too many during the regular season. He does not do that in the playoffs. How does a player actually get better when the quality of the opposition and the stakes increase? I think all the great ones, and and you could relate it to basketball, um, Michael Jordan, right, Um, the great Kobe Bryant, you know, all those guys, I mean, they have a certain focus when they're in those type of games. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh, you know, you just, you watch guys and you, you they have a different, they just have a different look in their eye that uh, they just separate themselves. And, and he understands it. You know, he understands this is the moment. This is the, the spotlight's on me. And um, you're right. He doesn't turn the ball over. And then he has a security blanket in this tight end that, Seemingly, nobody can cover the guy. I mean, he's got 159 receptions in playoff competition and 19 touchdowns. He broke Jerry Rice's record. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Rice pretty good now. Last time I checked, I mean, I, 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 I actually played against Jerry Rice. I mean, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's a tight end. And he's always open. I mean, it's, it's almost funny. It's just like, you know what's going to happen as soon as right. Mahomes goes back. And he plants his back foot. That's one thing. But then you see him when he goes to the left or the right. Everyone in the whole stadium says, he's going to throw it to 87. Somebody cover him. Nobody covers him. He's always open. He's 7'11". He's always open. It is the darndest thing when you know exactly what's going to happen. And then still. (laughs) And if you know it at home, then certainly the defensive coordinators and all those guys playing defense certainly know it, right? And they can't stop it. You just have such a hard time stopping those guys. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball here, though, for that Kansas City team. Herm Edwards joining us here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Spags, where does... Where does he fit into the conversation of the best defenses, defensive coaches over the last 20 years? Because this feels like the best defense that Patrick Mahomes has had. Yeah, he, he's, he, this is fabulous. And this was in the making. This was in the making. These, a lot of these young players were playing last year. And they were just kind of building the secondary up and building this defense. And it really came to fruition this year when the Chiefs were struggling early. A lot of drops by the wide receivers, Offense wasn't clicking. Everybody was worried. But this defense kept the points down, kept them in games, just kept playing. And, and you know, they can play. And, and this is, reminds me of the old days um, when I was there with, with Marty uh, Schottenheimer. And we had Albert Lewis and Dale Carter, uh, J.C. Pearson, uh, Deron Cherry. Um, we had this great secondary. We had two fantastic rushes, Derek Thomas, and uh, God bless him, he's no longer with us, Neil Smith. 
Uh, we had a big-time defense, and we ran the football. It was back in the running days when they had Christian Okoye and Barry Word, and then we ended up getting Marcus Allen. We got Joe Legend Montana there, too. But it was a defense that we used to call coverage, and we used to call it really simple. This is cat coverage. And what is cat coverage? You just cover your cat. When he breaks the huddle, go cover your guy. And we're going to rush four guys. We're going to rush five guys sometimes. It don't matter. Just cover your guy and see if the quarterback can complete the ball. And that's what they're able to do. And Spags has a way of sending some pressure at times, five-man pressure. He puts these corners on an island, playing against a pretty good group in the Ravens receivers, and they played a lot of man-to-man. And make, they make the quarterback hold the ball. They made him hold the ball. And when you can do that, that's a problem. What did you see when you looked at Lamar's body language mm. yesterday, Coach? Did, did you think it was more physical or is something psychological going on? How do you explain? He was he wasn't in sync. He, they, they never got him in the flow of the game. I understand. I, look, when the game started, you see Kansas City go down and score. You go, uh-oh. Then you see Kansas City go down and score again. Then the, the Ravens score. So now they're down. And, and, and it looked like, oh, this is going to be a shootout. It's 17-10. Then the Ravens' defense settled in and go, okay. They shut them out. Mm-hmm. Now it's a game of, okay, it's just, it's, 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 this ain't going to be a high-scoring affair. Let's just move the ball and, and let Lamar do, let Lamar be Lamar. He ne- they never got to that. It was like he was a drop-back quarterback. I was like, he's not a drop-back quarterback. That's not what he does. And I'm sitting there going, okay, that's the first series, the second series, and it's the third series. And I'm going, what are we doing here? They had 16 runs. That's it. I'm like, really? I can't say she's ran the ball more than you. How can that be? And so they never got into a flow, right? I mean, Andrews and, 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 and likely the two tight ends, you know, they, they, it's just they never got into the flow of offense, but it all's predicated on how they run the football. And they never got into that. I feel like I've had this conversation before, though. The mm. uh, d- le- not letting Lamar be Lamar yeah. in the postseason. Like this seems like a consistent problem. At what point, coach, do we kind of point the finger at Lamar himself? Maybe not just the game plan, because if you're the MVP and it seems like he's going to be the MVP again this season, don't you have to perform in a postseason at a certain point? Well, you do. I mean, and he understands that. And here's the problem. You got to perform, but not only perform, you got to perform at a high level because of the guy you're about to play. And we saw it with uh, Josh Allen uh, in the first game Mm -hmm. where Kansas City goes on the road. And Josh Allen understands this. You had a chance to put him away. You had the ball, the last possession. And you had to settle for a field goal. And you missed it. Game over. When Josh Allen had that ball, he knew in his mind, the only way I can beat him now, I have the last possession. I have to score a touchdown. I have the ball. He doesn't have the ball. I got the ball. I got to finish the game now. And that's what you got to do if you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes. When you own the last possession, now I never got that with Baltimore, but when you own the last possession as the quarterback, you cannot allow him the ball back. You have to win the game now. Because if you give it back to him, ah, Forget about it. He's going to beat you. 
This guy beats a lot of people. Oh, boy. I mean, when sometimes <laughs> I wonder, coach, if it's just a matter of, you know, being born at the wrong time, right? It's like, Great it's point. just a shame that Josh Allen and Great Lamar point. Jackson are no, born we, around the same time as Patrick but, Mahomes. But Amber, you, coach, you know what's yes. amazing? That this Mahomes era is right on the back heels of the Brady era. The, exactly. The, those two guys have dominated yeah. the AFC. I don't know. Parents, <laughs> if you're out there, let your kids grow up to play in the NFC, not the AFC. <laughs> but the problem is, you got to see him eventually when you get to the big game. I know. I know. Uh, there's always somebody dominating that conference in the NFC. I know, Tara, Tara, I don't have the stat right now, but Tara had a stat up earlier that was so insane about the AFC and the domination of those two guys. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, I think, was the other quarterback in there versus the NFC that had like 20-some quarterbacks win during the same, oh, yeah. the same yeah. amount of years. Just insane. Uh, so, yes, choose the NFC, I think, is the lesson here, kids. Coach Herm Edwards, thanks, Coach. Thank you both. Coming up next, oh, 20 of the last 23 Super Bowls have been Brady, Manning, Roethlisberger, or Mahomes in the AFC. That's insane. Coming up next, has this turned into the most impressive season of Patrick Mahomes' entire career? Young career, but entire career. That's next on ESPN Radio.